Other conditions being equal, hope leads to a 12% gain in academic performance, a 14% bump in workplace outcomes, and a 10% happiness boost for hopeful people. Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future. Hi, my name is Herb Lamba and welcome to my podcast where I will share practical insights from the world's best authors. Knowledge isn't power, applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now. Hi, and welcome to Philosopher Insights. My name is Herb Lamba. Today, we're discussing making hope happen, creating the future you want for yourself and others. The author of this book is Shane Lopez, and the book is published in 2014. I wanted to share a number of my favorite insights, starting with fantasize and dwelling, goals plus agency plus pathways, hope matters, sweet spot, future casting, pre-commit, next generation, and then finish it off with leadership and hope. So let's start with the introduction. Quote, Although some people believe that hope is too soft to study scientifically, other researchers and I have convincing evidence that hopeful thoughts and behavior propel everyone toward well-being and success. That hope underlies purpose-driven action, from showing up for school to leading organizations and communities that it correlates positively with health and even longevity, and that it does not depend on income level or IQ. In addition, while only half the population measures high in hope, hope can be learned, and the hopeful among us play a powerful role in spreading hope to others. Now, my mission is to make hope contagious. In order to address the problems that face us, both as individuals and as society, we need to create hope. Everywhere I go to spread this hope contagion, people are eager to learn how they can create a better future for themselves, their families, and their communities. My message seems simple to me now, but it took more than a decade to figure it out. Hope matters. Hope is a choice. Hope can be learned. Hope can be shared with others. All right, let's buckle in, my friends, because we're diving into the thrilling world of hope. And we're not talking about the kind you get when you cross your fingers before a job interview. Nope, we're talking about the science-backed, life-altering kind of hope. Ever wondered how some folks are out there crushing it at life, radiating happiness, and basically being the superheroes of productivity? Spoiler alert, it's not because they have a magical rabbit's foot or a higher IQ. It's simply because they're flexing their hope muscles. Now, I devoured this book like it was the last slice of pizza at a birthday party. And guess what? I'm not keeping all the wisdom to myself. I'm here to share my favorite insights, so get ready to be inspired because hope, my friends, is the secret sauce of life. Insight number one, fantasize and dwelling. Quote, Tracking my future thinking and those plan for your future media messages led to two important realizations. First, we think about the future a lot, both because it gives us an emotional boost and because other people, parents, teachers, marketers, encourage us to do so. Second, not all thoughts about the future are created equal. I wanted to examine this discovery a little more closely. So I did what I often ask my clients to do. I record my thoughts. Every day for a week, in 15-minute stretches, I wrote down my thoughts about the future. This gave me a snapshot of my future thinking, which fell into three categories. Sometimes I was just fantasizing. I had big thoughts that were pure fun and entertainment about a fast convertible, 
next summer's vacation, or a retirement on the beach. These gave me a quick high, sometimes followed by a quick low. At other times, I was dwelling. I hyper-focused my future thoughts on the bad things that might happen, such as struggling to get a job, taking 30 years to pay off my student loan, or never being able to retire. And sometimes my thoughts balanced fantasizing and dwelling, which were exciting thoughts about my future, even while I acknowledged the challenges before me. That's when I was hoping, end quote. Now that's amazing. Quick question. Where's your happy place on the timeline? Are you the daydream expert creating a future picture without worrying about problems? Or maybe you're stuck dealing with issues, giving them the VIP treatment. Alternatively, are you the hope expert finding a perfect balance between dreamy goals and a realistic handle on problems? Insight number two, goals plus agency plus pathways. Quote, here is the present, which is in some way less desirable than our imagined future. There is the target of our longing, and you are the one moving yourself from here to there. We expect something from the future and also from ourselves. In our minds, our beliefs firm up links between ourselves and the future, priming people for hope. People do this by setting high expectations about the future, somewhat tempered by reality, and then acting on them. The hopeful share core beliefs that set them apart from others. Two of them are, the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to make it so, end quote. Lopez expresses two additional core beliefs that underpin hope. The path from the present to the future is rarely a straight line, and it is almost never a single line. Quote, Hopeful people believe there are numerous paths to my goals, and none of them are free of obstacles. End quote. This type of forward thinking provides us with momentum and staying power. The sustained energy we devote to our most important goals is another crucial way in which hope differs from simple positive thinking. Lopez discusses the three elements of hope that will help you gain momentum in your life. The three elements that make up the hope cycle are goals plus agency plus pathways. First things first, you need a goal that means something to you. Hope comes to life when you're chasing after goals that really matter. Next up, you've got to believe in yourself. Have that agency vibe thinking, hey, I can totally rock this goal. And lastly, you need pathways, knowing that obstacles might pop up, but there's always a detour or two that you can take. Insight number three, hope matters. Quote, all told, the science of hope shows that how we think about the future is a key determinant of success in school, work, and life. Other conditions being equal, Hope leads to a 12% gain in academic performance, a 14% bump in workplace outcomes, and a 10% happiness boost for hopeful people, end quote. Lopez highlights that hope plays a crucial role in five behaviors we all want in life. One is being present, two is getting stuff done, three is feeling good, four, stay healthy, and five, adding more years to our lives. It's pretty clear that hope is a big deal, and not having it can throw a wrench into so many parts of our lives. True hope hangs out in a mental sweet spot that calls for some serious mind acrobatics. Insight number four, sweet spot. Quote, in the sweet spot, our thinking about the future overlaps with our thoughts about what needs to happen today. In the sweet spot, we believe in our ability to make the future better than the present, while at the same time, we recognize the limits of our control. When we live in the sweet spot, we acknowledge that we don't have access to all of our thought processes and that we can't always predict our feelings. 
That puts a premium on the small chunk of our thinking and behavior that directs our active attempts to share the future in a meaningful way, end quote. When you're in hope's sweet spot, you grasp that today doesn't dictate tomorrow. In this zone, you can size up your current situation, skills, and resources by looking at what's going on now. No room for discouragement here. You hear out your dreams while rolling up your sleeves and diving into the work needed to sharpen your skills. This is very similar to mental contrasting, a concept shared by Gabrielle Oettingen in her great book, Rethinking Positive Thinking, where she says, quote, I reasoned that the best way to get people up and moving was to ask them to dream and then to confront them right away with the realities that stood in the way of their dreams. I called this confrontation mental contrasting. If I could ground fantasies in a reality through mental contrasting, I might be able to circumvent the calming effects of dreaming and mobilize dreams as a tool for prompting direct action. End quote. I love that. Simply put, we need to dream while also rubbing those dreams up against reality. That mental contrast is how you arrive at the sweet spot of hope. Insight number five, future casting. Quote, most people begin taking short mental trips into the future the moment they wake up. You might start thinking about the first sip of coffee, your 10 a.m. meeting, an important afternoon errand, a family dinner. Of the 20,000 chunks of experience your brain registers each day, more than a third of them are spent time traveling into the future. If we have a vision and a plan for the future, we can't help be pulled forward by life, even when our present betrays us. We start to create a narrative about a future self that competes with old stories about ourselves. As we fill in more details and take small steps in our future direction, our energy is freed up. When we're excited about what's next, we invest more in daily life and we can see beyond current challenges. End quote. Ever checked out futureme.org? It's this super cool site where you can jot down a note to your future self, whether it's a few months or years down the line. It's like taking a little journey into your own future. Kick it off by envisioning the future you're all about, and then map out the goals that pave the way to get there. It's like giving your future self a high five. Insight number six, pre-commit. Circe, the goddess sorcerer, kept Odysseus and crew captive for a year. Before parting, she warned him about sirens adapting their songs to exploit weaknesses. The Greek gods knew we were our own worst enemies, Stan said, so analyzing Odysseus' strategy against modern sirens isn't as easy as tying yourself to a mast. Circe's warning to Odysseus about the siren serves as an example of pre-commitment, as it involves anticipating and addressing potential future temptations or challenges before they arise. Lopez devised the following pre-commitment guidelines for modern travelers. Quote, Know who or what your sirens are and how they will tempt you. You may have sirens or temptations specific to each and every goal you set. You may have weaknesses that undermine most of your efforts at change. Some common ones. 1. You don't set enough time to pursue your personal goals. And 2. You're easily distracted so that no goals get the focused attention it needs. Tailor your contract or strategy to avoid these temptations, end quote. That is such a huge insight. We all engage in suboptimal behaviors that we know are distractions from doing what we really need to do. And by defining pre-commitment strategies, we can minimize the impact these kryptonite behaviors have on any of our future goals. Lopez suggests checking out stick.com. That's S-T-I-C-K-K.com where you can sign a commitment contract to make your goals public and binding. 
Pick your goal, set stakes, money, or reputation, appoint a referee to monitor your commitment, and build a support network for encouragement. What goals could use a pre-commitment strategy to up your success game? Insight number seven. Next generation. Quote, I've spent almost two decades researching hope in young people. Since 2009, I have measured hope in more than one million students through the Gallup student poll. I've worked with thousands of America's most hopeful teachers, and I have taught hope programs to children of every age. I now believe that to teach hope to our children in and out of the home, we need to do the following. 1. Link children's current thinking, efforts, and learning to their future lives. 2. Teach children specific, multiple pathways to meaningful goals. And 3. Conduct community audits to preserve and recruit extra agency for children. But there's a caveat. These three tactics work only if the young person is already connected to the future. And that connection, in turn, is created if and only if a child has at least one caring, hopeful adult in his or her life. And if the child is excited about at least one thing in the future. End quote. I am such a staunch believer in lighting up hope in kids' lives. My stint as a teacher, especially in the early 90s in a northern Canadian town, opened up my eyes to the profound toll a lack of hope takes on children. Picture this, a classroom of 22 grade 6 students, and within days it was painfully clear they had no spark of hope for the future. All they saw was a dark whirlpool of negativity and bad vibes. The ripple effect on the well-being of these kids extended across all elementary grades. Here's the most heart-wrenching part. Some of those kids that I taught ended up taking their own lives years after I left that community. I shared the full story in episode 128 of the podcast. Quote, In most school systems, education has a relevancy problem. Students are picking up on the fact that they are being prepared for a 21st century world with a 20th century curriculum. End quote. I am in complete agreement. Today's students often lack the fervor for what traditional schooling offers, and there's a noticeable gap in connecting their current efforts with their future development. There is a crucial bridge missing between what they're learning now and the incredible opportunities that lie ahead. Quote, What if students consider today's work as an investment in their future self? The more and earlier we prime students to make that connection between their college-bound selves and their K-12 selves, the more they invest in hard work today, end quote. Yep, our school systems are like that old stuck-in-its-way pickle jar. We're still scratching our heads, wondering why some kids look more bored than a sloth on Sunday. Maybe the trick is just shaking things up, making what they learn connect to the grand adventure of their future. Here's an idea. Let's trade the old maps for a shiny GPS to success and see those sleepy eyes perk right up. Insight number eight, leadership and hope. Quote, when people have a boss who makes them feel hopeful about the future, they are more committed to their job. Specifically, when Gallup asked followers whether their leader at work, typically a manager, made them enthusiastic about the future, of those who said yes, 69% were engaged in their job, scoring high on a measure of involvement in and excitement about their work. These engaged employees are the product of hopeful leadership. They are more innovative and productive than others, and they're more likely to be with the company for the long haul. Of those followers who said that the leader did not make them enthusiastic about the future, a mere 1% were committed and energized at work. These disengaged workers are a threat to business, co-workers, and themselves. 
They not only fail to make meaningful contributions, they undermine the hard work of others, and they are likely to be more physically and mentally unhealthy than co-workers. And, for good and bad, it is somewhat likely that they won't be with the company one year later. End quote. Wow. If there is one statistic in this book that jumped off the page, it was this one. A leader that inspires hope for the future has dramatically better odds of having engaged followers. 69% versus 1% if the leader fails to bring enthusiasm about the future. Leadership isn't a rare trait. It's in everyone's toolkit, whether they admit it or not. Here's the thing, though. It kicks off with you, client zero. To inspire others, first master leading yourself by fortifying your mindset and diving into personal growth. Lopez spills the secret sauce in this book. Sprinkle in some hope, set some goals, embrace agency, and carve out pathways for effective self-leadership. It's like baking a success cake. Start with you, add hope, and let the leadership magic rise. Quote, The tiny ripples of hope you set in motion can change the path of someone's life. It can make their future better. You don't have to take a big, bold action or raise a ton of money to spark change. You can start small. You merely need to create momentum where there was none. Making ripples start with you. End quote. Shane Lopez shares the secrets of hope in his awesome book. He shows you how to make more of it for yourself and teaches you how to help others do the same. It's like having a hope coach in your corner, guiding you to a more positive and fulfilling life. So I encourage you to grab this book and let's get this hope party started together. And until next time, stay curious and keep embracing the wonders of knowledge. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Landon. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.